back corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting. Listening in. And listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break. Watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig. Be a part of the show. Get some chances to win some awesome prizes. As fast you go. You know, we didn't have that back then. And, and, dude, it, it can just... That text thread gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dialing. Welcome, everybody, to the Bass University Live. I will be your co-host host tonight, Greg De Palma. Uh, you know, tonight we got a great show lined up for you guys. Uh, right here in front of me, you guys probably can't see it just yet, but there's about a million dollars in swim baits in front of me. Uh, we have a, a special guest tonight, uh, Kevin Brightwell of KGB Swim Baits. Uh, we're going to be talking pretty much everything swim bait-wise from A to Z. We're going to find out how he does it, how he did it, and, and what he's doing with it. Uh, it's a pretty interesting story, actually. Uh, besides that, myself, honestly, this is the biggest gap in my fishing techniques that I don't have, so I'm actually curious tonight to uh, to hear about a lot of this stuff. Uh, besides that, you know, going around the room, uh, co-hosting with me tonight, I have Epic Eric. I don't know if you can see him or not there. There he is. There he is. <laughs> and, the <laughs> and the prestigious Pete Galuzic. What? What's going on, guys? <laughs> Hey, hey, GDP. Uh, it's, all, it's awesome to have you in the host seat, buddy. Yeah, it's, yeah. Pretty, look, it's pretty Looking hot. good over there. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, also around the room, guys, we have the infamous BTC and the Riz behind the turntables. That's right. Yo, yo. <laughs> Here we go. Let's go. Got it. Got the show off right in the nick of time. Yeah. yeah. Good, right, good to go. Yeah, right on time, as usual. Guys, we, we actually have a special guest tonight, and he's sitting right beside Ooh, me. Give me one second, Craig. I'm going to zoom out for us. Over there. Rich, you got that? Go ahead. He's going to do it. <laughs> Rich is going to do it. Look at this. There he is. What? You guys see it? Yeah, my special guest tonight actually sitting beside me is Keith Thomas of Blacktown Custom Lures. Keith is also a big swim bait guy, you know, mm -hmm. maker, producer, from what I hear an OG in the game a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and he's a, and, and he's a big guy, and he's a, and he's a big guy. He has no pillow. I'm sitting on top of the pillow. I'll, I'll slouch down for you. <laughs> yeah. So so tonight's show is going to be really good, guys. We're going to jump in with Pete really quick uh, because he's he's kind of on a time scale here. He's uh, at the Potomac right now, live. Uh, I'm guessing in the parking lot, Pete. Yeah, well, live in my parking lot. Live uh, from the banks of the Potomac. So it should be like a <laughs> yeah. palm tree behind him swaying all over the place. Huh, Pete, lose No, it's, uh, you know, I'm with Tim McGlenn, uh, who is hosting me this week. I And I met Tim in a BFL, the one that Riz won. What? Uh, the last year's two dare, uh, Tim and I drew out. And... You know, it turns out we had a lot in common. We both knew Epic Eric, and, uh, you know, we've just become friends, and he traveled with uh, me and, and the crew at the Opens this year. And uh, and he lives right here. He lives, like, 15 minutes from Smallwood State Park. So, um, you know, I've man, it's it's the best possible accommodations. Th big shout-out to Tim and his wife. 
Becky for uh, for hosting me and, and little Jack, uh, the little one year old, appreciate it. But um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm here at the BFL Regional, uh, you know, for my division, and um, you know, just want to congratulate everybody that's here. It's really cool seeing all the license plates from Indiana, Ohio, uh, Maine, you know, you name it. Uh, all, all the states represented here uh, in the in our region. There's four different regions here. And, um, and it's, it, it's really awesome to be here, but I, I want to just announce that, uh, Bash University is, is partnering with the BFLs, uh, for this tournament. And we're really excited about that. What? Uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. We found like, uh, Mike Reed in Texas, of course, JK down in Alabama and Stephen Walden, all, all the guys that, that are with Bash University, uh, are out there in the BFLs and they're we're, all of our people that are members of the bash university are out here in the BFL tournaments. That's and, awesome. you know, so we couldn't think of a better way thing to do than, than to help promote, uh, this great tournament organization, this great grassroots organization and, you know, just connect us and, and interact more with, uh, with our members. So, uh, we're really excited about it. Riz is coming down. He's going to be down here uh, at Smallwood State Park. He's going to have the Bash U trailer and Jocelyn. And nice. uh, yeah, and all you guys, if come on down and see us. We're going to be uh, set up at, down at down at the Wayans, down at Smallwood on Thursday and Friday. What do you think you're going to set up, Riz? Somewhere in, in the early afternoon down there. Yeah, uh, Pete. We imagine we'll be there. Um you know, a few hours before weigh-ins on day one to get things set up and uh, start interacting with some of the people. Um, guys, if you're in the area um, and you're an angler and you're not, you know, you're not competing in the tournament, come see us. Come hang out with us. We're going to have uh, we're going to have some refreshments, have the tent set up uh, with the Bashu trailer. Um, it's going to be a good time. And we're going to be we're going to be rolling out some awesome promos uh, for this event uh, down there at the regional. So, um if you're if you're in the area, we'll be at Smallwood, man. Come come hang with us. Nice. Come on down. If you're a Bash U member, we got something cool for you over at the booth. So come on down and see us. So so uh, Pete, you uh you you were the BFL AOI this year, right? Yes, and, I appreciate you bringing that up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Is there going to be a trophy handed nice. to you at the end of the, this event for winning AOI this year? Uh, you know, I this is new to me. Huh. I don't know. I don't know what they have planned for me. I, I, I yeah, hope but it's you know what? Everybody, check. come on down. Bring the whole trailer. Everybody <laughs> yeah. down. I, you know, no, there's there's got to be something for AY. Let's, there let's has see. to be. See I see what's 11. going on here. All right. See the news at eleven. Yep. Hey, Pete, <laughs> for you, man. What's what's that in your hand? Your right hand. I see you holding an object, and it's caught my attention three times now. What do you this got? Was, well, this. This is going to take me to the All American. This it? is Pac-Man. This is this is my lucky duck. Oh. <laughs> this is my lucky duck. This this is in my pocket. It stays with me. And um, uh, my pocket? Jake gave that to me, and I, you know, it saved me today. Wow. Today, I had a day like you can't imagine how the day started. I I go to launch my boat down at Smallwood, and I didn't have my nose hook hooked up. I thought I did. So when the trailer went underwater, the boat started to drift away, which is no big deal. There's a million people there. I, I, I'm fine with that. But I'm Pete Clusa. Get I, my boat. 
<laughs> There's my boat, my bitches. Boat? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, he fishes good. Like Pete's hey. always told me, he, he fishes really good when he has a lot of problems. So keep it rolling, Pete. <laughs> keep it rolling, Pete. So, so I'm like, I have, you know, and I blame uh, people like Epic Eric, uh, <laughs> people that live in the area. But the Potomac River is really tough right now. It's like crazy hard. So I have a million rods out and I have like rods in the co-angler, like 15 of them sitting in the co-angler ramp and on my boat. And as my boat starts drifting, I'm like, oh, cool. It's drifting right towards the dock. And that I just run down and jump in it. No problem. But then I realized, oh, it's drifting right towards the dock where my rods are. And about 15 of my caching rods started to fold over in half as my boat just started. And they're wedged under the dock. They're they're bent over. I'm like, no. And I jump in the boat. And I jump in the boat. And two of my rods stay pinned on the dock. And they fall in the water. And, um, oh no, uh, somehow, you know, it, I escaped it. None of the caches broke. Shout wow. out to caches. I was able to get those rods that were in the water. I was able to get them back. Well, who got them for you? Uh, I got the dock. Dude. And then, and then it's just, it just kept spiraling out of control. I had, I got sandwiches. And I put them on the deck of the boat, and I'm like, remember to put those in your compartment before you take off. And I didn't. And, and breakfast and lunch got donated to the Potomac River. They were on the front I of the boat? my cup of coffee over, and that was gone on the, on the belly oh, of the boat. No. <laughs> Guys, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it. He's going to win this tournament. I'm telling you. I love it. I love it. That's so, a good start. Dean, so, only the Dean. So, Pete, why, why is the fishing so tough? What's going on down there? Oh, you know, Greg, there's just so much grass. There's so much food, so much grass. And the hydrilla has just swamped the river in a lot of places. And um, I I just I think the fish are all still there because we see the big bags in the spring. Mm -hmm. But this time of year, it's like, oh, my gosh, if they want a crawfish, they just go get it. If they want a shad, they go get it. There's there's schools and schools of bait fish everywhere. And, uh, you know, it's, and it's, it's hard to get to the fish. I, that's my best explanation. I really can't, you know, explain, you know, here's the deal. My first day I fished the Potomac, like, uh, back in the 1700s, we caught, I caught a hundred bass that day in one day. This and, is like, um, this is like the other day. It, <laughs> it's a little different now, oh. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, it's a lot tougher. It's the fall transition. There's a lot of excuses and, and dialogue <laughs> that we can go into, but uh, but bottom line is, I mean, I saw 16 pounds won a team tournament uh, this past weekend, and that's been more than oh, yeah. we've seen in weeks down oh, here. Like that's 11 a pounds a day. 11 yeah. pounds a day is winning down here. Yeah, on, yeah on that's the, the weekend that I, that I fished out there. 22 won it for two days, and uh, – Wow. You know who I was practicing with. We did a little bit better than that, so you know I was uh, I was excited to see there was a lot of boat traffic. It wasn't a ton of boats, but enough. You know, yeah. enough, enough. Yeah, I, I I heard through the grapevine that you took the enemy out on the river. Eric. <laughs> you know <laughs> what? Come on, Fishing man. With the enemy, man. Fishing, but Pete, but Pete, man. I, I gotta say, man. Back in the day, man. Hey, just for anybody listening, 
I, I, I did a uh, on the water training with Pete Kluzik, the Dean man. I met him at a show. We immediately connected through discussions about crankbaits. We were talking about the Jerry Lore's little speedy and uh, he was in Steve Chaconis's booth and uh, we just immediately hit it off. I said, you know, Pete, I'd love to learn a little bit more about the upper bay. And we went out in the fall and we did some, I was flat side crankbaiting and uh, caught some studs and, and just learned a ton. We fished a few tournaments and I've employed a lot of the techniques that uh, I learned from you. And then, you know, I became a Bass U subscriber. So shout out to the Dean for the on the water training and for the Bass U instructors and the Bass U crew for putting out great content, man. There's nothing like it on the web that's free. Um, it, it, it's such a it's such a great platform. So, man, I, I still thank you for for those days on the Upper Bay. It started me out and, and helped me learn a lot about it. So enjoyed well, it a I lot. I appreciate that a lot, Aaron. Yeah. And it's been great, you know, and I appreciate you, you know, being part of the program. And uh, sure. and now uh, you're a big time like uh, web show star, you know. <laughs> I don't know about that, man, but uh, I sure enjoy the invites and uh, talk lures. And tonight's show is exciting, man. Uh, I've dabbled in the big baits. I've got a lot to learn, like uh, other people on the show tonight uh, that are that are hosting. And uh, looking forward to the discussion. So big baits, uh, there's some magic in it, man. I've caught some studs on it, but uh, a lot more to learn. So Keith, 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 and Kevin. I am not throwing this week anything bigger than this duck. <laughs> <laughs> micro, micro duck. <laughs> I, I need, I need a hinged glide bait this big. Can we yeah. do that? Oh, <laughs> wow. uh, it's you know, and it's probably man a guy that's pro that picks up a bait like that might come down might come out and catch two four or five pounders uh -huh. and and do extremely well in this event you know but, yeah i'm curious to hear thoughts on glide baiting in tidal water does anybody do it how's it worked out i've picked it up a little bit um yeah. but uh not explored it's been mostly on clear water bodies and, and reservoirs in particular so reservoirs. I've, I've, I've done the big bait rat thing on on tidal rivers and they crack it but uh not the glide, so I can't wait to hear from KGB. Well, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to be listening in on that conversation. Mm -hmm. got I'm going to I'm going to get back to rigging, uh, you know, my micro lures and whatever else <laughs> I can beg and pray for, you know, to get some fish down here because because uh, it, it's pretty challenging. The guys that are down here, like from all over the country, they've read all the great stories about the Potomac, and just it, it's a little challenging out there. But there's there's fish to be caught, and uh, I know what. Here's here's the guy that scares me in this tournament. The guy from Indiana or Ohio that's yeah. never fished the tides, that's oh, yeah. never been to the Potomac, and he's looking at this place with just virgin eyes, oh, and yeah. just fishing the moment, fishing the conditions in front of him, um, and that that kind of makes me nervous, or you know. I don't, how well could they do? I see guys fishing banks that, you know, that I'm like, wow, that, that's not a bank that I would choose. But, you know, I've been, I've been looking at this river for so many years, maybe I'm driving past some areas that I should not drive past, you know? So uh, those guys are going to be uh, interesting to see how, how they play out. I guarantee some, these guys are all good. They've all qualified uh, from their region. They've got the skill set. you know, if they sniff the pattern, uh, they're going to be dangerous. So no doubt. my goal, my goal is to get out there and, uh, you know, I, 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 I've got some bites doing some variety, some fast bites some slow baits. 
And um, I've been fortunate in the last couple of days. I've caught, I've gotten more bites than I did first first two days. I was ready to be done with practice. You know, it was just stingy as could be, and uh, and it still is. But uh, but I'm optimistic, guys. I got enough bites that man. If uh, if things go my way. Uh, we'll see what happens. But here's the other thing. We have 200 boats in this field. And so, and Greg, you know what that's like fishing big tournaments and, and everybody does here, but uh, you got to give up half the stuff you find. You got to figure is going to be split amongst the field. So, uh, you know, we're going to contend with that stuff too. So I love a tough tournament. They're the easiest ones to win. I'm going to take my lucky duck <laughs> and uh, we're going to go take a stab at this one. Yeah. So uh, I like, Tight yeah, lines, man. Pete, just keep keep doing that thing with the throwing your lunch and coffee off the back of the boat. And I'm sure you'll distract a few people. <laughs> Dude, I'm like I'm the veteran in this crowd, and all the guys in the BFL were laughing at me. <laughs> I'm like, has, has Pete ever launched a boat by himself before? What the hell's going on over there? <laughs> Oh, God, thank God you took the bass you wrap off that thing. <laughs> that's awesome, man. <laughs> Woo. That's, that's, that saved me. But, um, oh, man. Hey, hey, guys, well, enjoy, enjoy the show, man. I'll be listening as I'm rigging uh, rods and stuff. But uh, I look forward to uh, hearing Keith and Kevin dive in deep on uh, on these big glides. And, and um, I look forward to learning more myself. So I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, thanks E and uh, GDP. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for being here. And uh, – I will catch up with you guys later on. All right. Good you luck got it, man. Have fun, Pete. Have fun down there. All right. See you, Pete. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So, guys, tonight, man, there is a heck of a giveaway tonight. I actually want to get in on it, but I can't. Uh, Riz, what do we got for a giveaway tonight? <laughs> well, tonight, since it's the Big Glide Bait Show, uh, we're welcoming in uh, Kevin Brightwell to the show uh, very shortly of KGB Baits. Um, if you don't know much about this guy, his baits are extremely sought after. They are tough to get your hands on, um, even if you're paying for them. So S for same, with, same with uh, Keith Thomas. As well as uh, Keith <laughs> Thomas. We have him in the studio <laughs> with us. And you can't get them either. <laughs> I, know. I don't make enough. <laughs> bunch right here, Brian. So, guys, the point is, is these baits are tough to get. And on tonight's show for the grand prize, we are going to be giving away a KGB Chad Chad on tonight's live stream. But listen, here's the deal. You what gotta be a Bass UTV member to get a chance to win this thing, and right now is a great time to get signed up. We're offering you an awesome deal: only three, only thirty-five dollars for three months to Bass UTV, and with that, we're going to give you a twenty-five dollar gift certificate to Tackle Warehouse. So thirty-five dollars for three months of Bass UTV, unlimited access, over nine hundred instructional videos from the best anglers in the world. And we're going to give you a $25 gift certificate to TW, and you're going to get a chance to win a KGB Chad Chad on tonight's show. Right. And if you're not sold on that yet, you just want to kind of dip your toes in the water and see what's going on over there, use the code BULIVE30, and you'll get 30 days for free. Unlimited access to the entire Bash Uni University TV library. Guys, it's a great deal. Uh, if you're serious about your fishing, you need to check out Bass UTV. It's the number one resource for an angler that wants to learn. Um, if you're over there on Facebook, we're also going to be taking care of you as well. There's going to be a Facebook like and share going out the door at the end of the show. That's going to be a $50 sponsor prize pack from all the great companies we work with at Bass UTV. 
as well as a couple of questions that we use on tonight's show. We're going to be giving out Gills Gear $25 gift cards. We appreciate those guys over there. They make awesome clothes that keep us protected from the elements we're on, when we're on the water. But, guys, if you want a chance to win that KGB Chad Chad, head over to Bashu TV. Get signed up. We're going to be taking a short break here in a few minutes. It's a great chance to join the program and win a KGB Chad Chad. Hey, Riz, man, can I just like, I'm going to pop in and say bass you. I mean, the discount alone on Rapala DT6's tungsten terminal, 40% off on the VIP program is like worth it. Are you kidding me? I mean, it just, it just makes economic sense. So that's all I'm going to say. Great content, but incredible discounts from your partners, man. So pro yeah. member Bro. benefits, guys. Work with some awesome man. companies, and we're giving you up to forty percent off with right. all the companies we work with. So unbelievable. Rambo, Gills gear, yep. missile baits, cashing, yep. this yep. Apple. third. Right. Yeah, there's there's I mean, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. If if you're not power shotting a baby D bomb at forty percent <laughs> off, I mean, I don't know what to Ooh. say. Power shot. And maybe I'll tell you, maybe I'll tell you a color. If you sign up and show me that you do, I'll tell you my favorite color on the Tidal Rivers. It just gets bit. <laughs> I bet, man. I like this guy. But you got to sign up and you got to DM me and show me that you did. And I'll see what my color is. Yeah. So what do you think, Brian? Quick break. So you guys go ahead and get your IM questions together for uh, Kevin Brightwell, and we will be back with and some uh, Keith Thomas. We're and coming Keith back Thomas. with Keith and uh, yeah, Kevin, top of the hour. But uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Aquaview, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rod? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That's are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. We're different. Some would say obsessed. There's no place on earth we'd rather be than right here, right now. Performance-driven gear, so you can fish longer, harder. Gills Performance Fishing. 2021 Red Crest Champion Dustin Connell here. And if you watch live coverage, we just got done at Lake Eufaula. I caught my fish using the active target with Lowrance. What you didn't see is I run a sea clear power harness in my boat. One of the main advantages to running this harness is it does not drain my batteries down at all running my four units. And what that's gonna allow me to do is I'm able to see my bait at 8 a.m. just as good late in the day. Y'all check them out at seaclearpower.com. Aquaview. What's going on, guys? We're back. All right, let's hop into some uh, some big swim baits, guys. Right on the side of me, uh, man. 
I, I've heard a lot about you, Keith. You know, through <laughs> no, seriously, through Brian. He he talks about you all the time. Talks about he's how, obsessed. How kind of you're <laughs> you're an OG in the game with this, man. You know, we want to kind of dive into. This is all brand new to me. I, I've mm-hmm. heard a lot of things through BU stuff. We have a you know a lot of content on this kind of stuff, but to actually sit down with somebody that really knows the ins and outs from building, mm-hmm. making what makes it really good. That's what we want to hear about. That's Bass University. So if you want to start from the very beginning and just kind of dive into it, that'd be great. Um, well, it actually started with saltwater lures, uh, surf casting for uh, stripers. Really? And uh, from there, it just progressed. I always did freshwater because I live in PA, but I uh, always had a thing for saltwater. Um, and my first true gliders were solid body. They weren't even hinged. Um, so they had a big wide sweep, real how, hard thump. How long ago was this? Oh, God. You're pushing 18, 20 years. Wow, that's pretty good. It's a yeah, lot. I mean, maybe even a little further, like where I really start. Like there was a time where, yeah, you just made stuff and just for yourself. And mm-hmm. and then it progresses into something a little more. And then, you know, every time you go in your shop, you always have new ideas and you're always trying to improve yeah. on what, you know, what you're making so 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 basically in the very beginning you know you had an idea mm-hmm. so you must have had either swim bit experience prior to that or it's just something you just jumped into um actually what really got me into like swim baits um this is going back in the late 80s on our lake uh in the springtime the bass were really chilling on gizzard sheds mm-hmm. uh after ice out and we didn't have gliders we didn't have this stuff so we were repainting our surf casting plugs like big metal lips donnies and pikeys to imitate a gizzard shad and we were throwing <laughs> these giant wow. metal lip swimmers uh you know for bass back in that was 88 89 so wh- when did the actual glide bait you know first come to anything as far as fishing goes for bass fishing do you have an idea on that oh so did you guys have a vision for the glide bait you know through your mind or is it not re- you guys not saw? back then um, because it was, there was really nothing available to, especially where I lived, uh, wow. that even, so we, you know, refer to saltwater plugs. <laughs> That's actually pretty neat, man. I, you know, in, in bass fishing, a lot of the stuff we do comes from saltwater. Sure. A rigs. Uh, sure. Everything we do, you know, yep. it, it derives from somewheres. Yep. So, so go ahead. So, so go into like, I mean, dude, look at these baits. Yeah, that's that's you know, twelve inches, seven yeah. ounces. That's just not something you just you know make in your garage in two seconds. No, you know this takes a while to make, correct? Yeah, well, there's a lot of. Uh, to me, uh, I have a serious problem where I'll make. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a lure and uh, I'll perfect. I, I love the whole process of taking a piece of paper, drawing out a lure, transferring it to a piece of wood, and then making that lure function the way you want it to, to fit a certain situation. Okay. So I have a problem with I'm obsessed with making new stuff. And so you kind of put the good stuff on the shelf and you're always, well, I, I got to stop doing that. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good and bad trade, I guess. So, you know, me, me looking at one of these baits. So you just can't hop into it and make it. I mean, this thing has to go left and right. So, right. you know, mold-wise, wh- how are you actually pouring and making? Well, when I first started really doing the gliders years back, I was every one of them was wood. I didn't do the resin. Um, 
but and I don't advertise, I don't hashtag, I don't do yeah. anything. Everything's word of mouth now. Um, but because uh, it's it's overwhelming, I just I bet I can't keep up. Even if I if I did advertise, I'd, I'd probably just hide in a hole somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be a common thing with these big swim baits. Yeah. Um, but now I'm doing the resin, which you know it speeds up the process. Uh, there's also a learning curve with that. I, like I knew everything about the wood. I knew the buoyancy to weight ratios, all that. Um, and then when I switch over to resin, there was a learning curve. Yeah. You know, and I try to mimic the wood that I was using because uh, when you straight resin, it's like a stone, it sinks. Is you it? have to add micro balloons in it, and you have to achieve wow. a buoyancy rate. With and then when you add your keel weights into it and all that, so I try to achieve the wood that I was so used to working with um, into a resin, which. It took a little time, but yeah. But if you think about, dude, so you basically took something that you had no clue about and you made it pretty much for right. the most part. Yeah, it's that's a lot, lot of trial and error, man. To me, that's the most impressive part. Yeah, really. I mean, that's to me, that's the most, that's the funnest part, really. Yeah, it's creating and and then actually making a lure, you know, with a sink rate or whatever, you know, to fit your situations and mimic the, you know, like mostly we throw, you know, gizzard shads. Mm -hmm. Um, but to mimic that, it's, 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 it's cool. I mean, oh, to, dude, real cool. You know, to go from nothing to a finished product that just, I mean, we, we do well on them. Yeah. <laughs> we actually, I, me, question, me. I've got a question on the wood versus the resin. So <laughs> when you, when you first started carving out of wood and, you know, wood and, and resin baits, like wood crankbaits versus plastic crankbaits, did you notice a difference yeah. in the action and uh the baits i'm i'm really curious and what wood did you use to carve the masters what was your favorite and did you experiment types of wood i did um because okay. all different woods have a different weight to buoyancy ratios sure um but what i really like to settle in on was uh it's a tree that it's a cedar tree that grows up in alaska it's called alaskan yellow cedar it's okay. actually a really well-known wood in uh surf casting uh yep. but that buoyancy to weight ratio really fit the bill on a lot of stuff I made. So when I switched okay. over to the resin, um, yep. you know, I, I try to achieve that weight to buoyancy because I understood that so much better. Sure. So much sure. better. It makes the process a little easier. Okay. Um, Interesting. So, but, so on a balsa crankbait versus a plastic one, the balsa seems to be more responsive. What did you notice wood to resin? The buoyancy was there, but what about the response? Any difference? Not really. Uh, okay. There is, it, it's so minimal. I mean, okay. now I can change the, you know, the micro balloons to, you know, to the resin ratios. And, but like I said, I, I try to mimic the Alaskan yellow cedar buoyancy to okay. weight more. So I, I didn't really change action too much. Uh, like when the joints hit each other, when you're swimming it yeah. hard, um, yeah. it does resonate a different sound. Okay. So Fast. better or worse. Um, I really haven't seen a difference. A difference yeah. no. That's cool. no. Are you a silencer guy? Do you like to put silencers on the joint? Do you think that noise? No. I like I like a little hurt? noise. Uh, okay. Especially early, early in the springtime uh, where we're targeting them. You got to know where they winter, um, mm -hmm. and where they're headed, you know, when they make that move up. Um, but there's in these areas, there's a couple ledges that are like 15, 18 feet down. Okay. When they move up to that ledge, that's that's it's go time it's 100 wow. percent go time and and the thing is you you are trying to make 
uh, uh, noise. You want them to see it. So mm-hmm. I don't want something silent because I want them to look up. And if they look up yeah. and if they start coming up, I'm getting them on a hook. They're That's most awesome. likely yeah. going to eat it. That is it. awesome. Because if they swam 15, 18 feet up, you know, sure. they, they're coming up thinking it's real and they're going to chew it. Do you have the original size that you made out of that wood and then made into the the, the resin bait? Was that an eight inch, a ten inch, a twelve inch bait? What was it I, to mimic those big gizzards? Well, I made uh, over the years forty nine different gliders. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. What? Yeah. Some of them oh. uh, are different. Uh, you know, sizes of a you know a body shape. You know, like instead okay. of eight inches, I made one like nine or. But uh, yeah, I mean. That's what I was saying earlier. I have a serious problem. I like creating. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Trust me. It, it, is, it is, in a way, but it's also a kiss of death when, you know. Sure. It, it, yeah, so yeah, you, you make them, and then, uh, you know, you're like, you get this other brilliant idea, like, oh, I should do this, you know, or yeah. thin it down a little bit more because gizz are shad and, you know, even crappy. They're yeah. pretty thin fish. Yeah. Yeah, sure, so you sure. like try to thin it down, then you realize it's too thin and it doesn't swim right, and you can't weigh it right, and there's not enough points. I mean, there's a lot of try, but I love that. That's yeah. that's what makes me want to do this. So, a, a question with swim bait <coughs> fishing in general, you know, let's say somebody's new trying to get into this, um, you know, are you trying to match the hatch, or yeah. are you trying to do something different yeah, with these? No, things? no. I, I when I paint these, I I, I am trying to like. Throughout the year, they, they change colors, you okay. know. We, mm. get, we get a lot of ice where I live, usually, typically. Um, so when you get ice on the lake, everything turns real pale. Okay. Um, so we go with more of the pale colors. Kind of like this right here? Yeah. Yeah, and this one here, this paint job, I call it ice out. Mm. They have very little color in them. Um, so remember, you're, you're not going after like three and four pounders. Yeah. That, that's not what we – we don't even want to hook them. Yep. I'm looking for sevens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know Brian just had a heart attack. Yeah, I know that's a big fish, <laughs> <of> Brian. <laughs> we're, Brian we're, is. We're, we're looking. So, am I. <laughs> so you're you're trying to trick the oldest, wisest fish in the lake. Mm-hmm. So I want everything as much as realism as I can get. Okay. I you know like flashy colors. Okay, that has a time and place. Uh, you know, cloudy water or yeah, even like over like submerged weed beds and stuff. Yeah, you know, mm. burning them over top. It's just a flash, you know, bright color. It gets their attention. Maybe it triggers them, you know. But sure. that's that's the big thing. You know, most of the time we're I am going for realism. That because these fish seen everything. I don't care what body of water you're on today. I got a, a question from Egregious Eric on <coughs> YouTube. Uh, have you ever done a June bug uh, glide bait? <laughs> a June bug. Well, that match. Larger probably work. I'm wanting that's, tomorrow. That's right here, man. <laughs> yeah. That's Challenge right here, accepted. Bad, bad color, man. Don't be doing no June bugs, you know, glide bait. Yeah. I, got, I got the market cornered, man. All right, so I have a question. If you, you could only throw one size glide for the rest of your life. Ten inch. inch. Oh, you answered it quick. Wow. Ten inch. Wow. Where's the ten inch? No. Is this it? No, nah, that's 12. Chick, the, chicks dig the long ball. Tell <laughs> that one. From head to the tip of the tail, it's ten inch. That's right. Ten yeah. inches. All right. Yep. There it is. It's very fast. It's it's crazy because the guys, you know, you, I mean, we catch smallies on these ten inchers every spring. Yeah, I mean, they're anywhere from four and a half to seven and a half pounds. Um, but wow. ten inch, yeah. I mean, and we get our share of two pounders. You I'm know, sure, yeah, yeah. And that's I'm the thing. 
it, that bait. How, how many ounces does that 10 inch bait weigh? Uh, four, four to four point two depends on how what sink rate I want on it. That's not hateful. No, <laughs> hateful. Yeah. Uh, that's, the, not, the, that's not the, that's elbow waiting to happen. Now the twelve inchers, uh, they're seven ounces, so you're starting to get up into the pounds, you know, baby. Pounds. That's you're, you're uh, for size comparison. There's KGB's legend and the donk, Kevin's bait. I got a question on hook theory, and I don't know if it's too early to go there, but there's a big debate in the big bait world, you know, 2X hooks to thin wire hooks. It's a treble hook bait, rod setup, line setup. I know Greg's going there, but right out of the gate, I saw the hooks on that bait that Brian just grabbed. What are they? I have to know. And what's that? Sharp as hell. And what brand? Their owner... STX 36s. That's what I use. So They're a thinner that, wire. Um, yes. Yes. You have to set your drag accordingly. Interesting. I, I, and when I'm throwing the 10 inches, I'm, I'm no more than 16 pound uh, fluoro. That blows me away. 16 pound yep. fluoro on a 10 inch yep. bait. Wow. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, let's, you're not straight fluoro. No, I, I'm a uh, braid the leader, but really? still, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. How long's yeah. your leader and what pound hey, rate? That's a personal question, uh, there, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mostly fifty pound braid. Um, okay. Uh, leader length, four to five feet. So are you tying an FG? Uh, no, I use the Alberto. Okay. Yeah. And what's your reason for the for the braid to fluoro on your setup? Is it something the way the bait feels, or how you feel it, or I, you know, personally, I I can work it better. It, okay. To, to me, some guys, I mean, some guys don't, you know, and there's a lot of guys that are straight mono or straight flora, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever fits your bill. You yeah. know, I can yeah. imagine throwing 16 pounds straight <clears throat> flora, though. Something's going to shit somewhere on that line. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? That's a lot of pressure on that line. But, yeah. but going back to the hooks, um, I like thin wire hooks too. because you do get a lot of swipers. Um, yeah. Hooks them better. Yeah. 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 Swipers. That makes sense. Yeah. And round bend, right? You're not mixing EWG. No, no they're, they're just round bend. Yep. And, and what size um, STI 36s are those on that 10-inch bait? They're size 1Os. Both of them? Yeah. I use 1Os on the the 12-inch, the and I use 1Os on the 10-inch uh, also. Okay. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. That's that's really good insight, and man. Like I said, you know, they're thin wire, and they go in deep. But, yeah, they do. But there is a drawback to it. You know, on these larger fish that are over eight pounds, you, you can't overhorse them, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you want to grind them in, but you also have to, you know, set your drag. <laughs> so it's a, yeah, it's a delicate You can, you can bend them out. I've okay. had it yeah. happen. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so, oh, no, so, we're so, not going to go there. But that's a, <laughs> that was a how, big, how big was she? It was a giant. <laughs> what was, the heck, was beyond, man? Beyond the state records, Brian. So. Brian what? loves putting the needle in the heart, man. Every uh, single yeah, time. He, I mean, this is it's a Barbara Walters moment. You yeah, know? when he he jumps <laughs> on my boat, he's like the black cloud. <laughs> oh, is he? Oh, here we go. Uh, no, it just it, it went away this dude. weekend, so you're good. Yeah, Boom. he wasn't on my boat. Yeah, he was on mine. We got him. <laughs> no, you know, it just so happens it's a cold front every time I show up. Yeah, it is. I, it's just bad. Time. The cold front already happened. We had a cold front too. I got to complain from. Did we? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so guys, if you're just tuning in. <laughs> 
Uh, you know, we're sitting here talking about big swim baits. We have a great giveaway tonight. Tonight's giveaway is yes. going to be a Chad Shad. That's right. Uh, awesome bait. Dude, I, I know personally, I, I don't even swim bait fish, and these things are almost impossible to get your hands on. And we are giving one away tonight. Isn't that right, Rose? That is right, Greg. We are giving away a Chad Shad to one of our Bash University TV subscribers. Um, and, guys, right now is a great time to get signed up. I've already told you a bunch about it, but if you're not a member, head over there, man. Get involved and win a chat chat on tonight's show. Yeah, get your questions ready. Riz, any IMs? Yeah, um, we got a lot of awesome interaction from our guys on the message board tonight. Um, and the first question that I'm going to go with, uh, Mr. Higgs is going to win himself a Gills Gear gift card uh, for this question. Yes, Senor Higgs Senor. wants to know... Um, <laughs> Keith, when you're making a glide bait, are there different actions you want based on the size of the bait or the realistic action based on the natural swimming motion of a fish? Wow. Ooh, that's a question. When mostly when we throw these, I mean, now we're getting into that time of year also, but like obviously springtime is the right time. This I want the slowest sinking. I want the slowest action because what I'm trying to do, you're, I, it just has to be presented to them. Like, I'm not burning them in the springtime. You're like, slow, it, slow. It is slow motion. Painful. It's Well, it's not painful. It's painful because you're getting bites. If right. You, yeah. Okay. So well, remember, because most of the time, you know, in the very early parts of the spring, we're drawing them up from, you know, 15 feet or so mm -hmm. off these ledges. Um, if I'm burning that bait, you know, um, they're not even going to look at yeah. it. They're not going to chase that down. But if you work it slow, methodically, make it look like it's injured, it's dying, struggling, so you're, you're, that is you're, the biggest trigger, man. Your cadence is like. Yeah, just real slow. slow. Left, right. I don't do nothing real crazy erratic. Yep. Um, every once in a while, I will. Well, here. If they are down like a 15-foot mark or beyond, every once in a while we will snap the rod hard and because this bait's only three-quarters of an inch thick. Mm -hmm. So if something's 18 feet below it and they're looking up, that's only three-quarters of an inch. Yep. So if you snap it, I want that bait to roll. Like now it. it goes from three-quarter inch to, you know, three-and-a-half inches. Yeah, so, so me and, being and, new, you can, you can roll this thing. Oh, yeah, I can roll them, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty neat. Yeah, so that's you, like you snapping that rod tip down or up? Down. Down, down. in the crank. Yeah. There's like a real yeah. hard snap. Yeah. You know, as I snap it, I'm 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 doing like a three quarter turn on the crank. Got it. And yep. with mine, I can actually make them roll. Wow. I mean nice. going here, uh, I'll go into this. My best producing glider for giant bass <laughs> I can ever sell. And what? It, it, not to be a jerk. Um, you jerk. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, because when if somebody doesn't understand how to work it, they're going to throw it out and try to swim it in or quicker, uh, and it's going to be on its side. Uh, My best one doesn't swim unless you are crawling it. And, wow. And, yeah. And that's so I can just real small twitches with a rod, and I can make that thing kick on its side. And you want to talk about, you know, something that looks like it's dying. That's ooh, a trigger. It's a trigger, ooh. right? That you know, so that that, that, that will draw them up. And see, that's the other thing. Like gliders, it's it's all about drawing power. Very you true. Yeah, whether very you're true. pulling them up vertically or trying to draw them in from horizontally. Interesting. You know? Very interesting. 
That's neat. It's the drawing power of them. Wow. I mean, it's. I mean, we'll fish right behind other guys throwing, you know, chatterbaits or, you yeah. know, lipless or whatever, and it doesn't mm-hmm. bother us. We'll still, we'll smoke them. Well, yeah, that's really the drawing good. power is uh, ridiculous. Right. I, I, I've thrown glides on Clearwater Fisheries uh, in Virginia. Um, they were big bass tour events, and um, it blew me away. Like knees were knocking. I couldn't trigger the bite. So I, I, I really have a question for you. Out of 10 followers, how many can you trigger to it, bite? It really depends on the day. I, mean, I know you that's, get these... that, but on, if you averaged all the days, days where they're crushing it, days where they're just not biting on average. So that's just in all your years of swim baiting and glide baiting in particular, because of the drawing power of these baits, right. just average, not great days, not horrible days, average right. 10 fish follow and you're doing everything you can, all your tricks in your book, how many can you trigger to bite that bait? Average? About half. Yep. That's high. That's Wow, cool. that's pretty high. That's real high. Yeah, there's little tricks. You know, it's all triggering. It's, it's... Would you like to describe some of those oh, tricks? <laughs> he, <laughs> he wants to do them. <laughs> I have my notepad ready. <laughs> Here, I, probably one of the, the, the easiest ones to do. Um, you get yeah. one that comes up behind it. Um, like, this works, you know, pre-front, post-front. It, it, it's just it's a real simple trigger that we discovered. Sure. Um, I'll start picking up the cadence if I got one tracking it. And then as as I'm picking up the cadence, the fish, if, if the fish is still following it. And a yep. lot of times, like these giants that are like over eight pounds, they're following yeah. it not behind it. They're following it below it. Mm. Oh, they are. Yeah. They're, they're usually Dolls. three feet. Sometimes five feet down below, you could just barely see like the hue of a, you know, looks like a tuna fish. Um, it does. And then you start picking up the cadence a little bit, and they start getting on it a little harder, and then you just it, dead stick it. Oh, what? Yep. And you try to make with no fish. turn. You're not turning it. It's well, just... when you dead stick it, it is going to turn. I mean, because okay, it's gotcha. a hinge Either thing, way. it's still going to turn. Um, and yep. then you're trying to make that fish almost override it. Because if you make a fish override it, they're usually gonna, you know, yeah. snap at it. Wow. Yeah, and then wow. and the other thing is too, you know, it's just like flipping and pitching, you know, something that's falling down. Yep. Interesting. Easy target. So if they if they don't if you can't make that fish override it, at least you're still dropping it down. You're letting it sink down. That's why I like slow sinkers. Yeah. You know, Very, because you're imitating. Well, you're imitating, you know. Like I said, you know, I try to paint them as, as realism as I can for that time of the year because they sure. do change colors throughout the season. Um, so now all of a sudden this thing is dropping down real slow because dead gizzard shads don't sink like a stone. You know, they have a pretty slow yeah, sink, right? That's Very why slow. I like slow sinkers, yeah. man. What's the rate of fall and how do you weight your baits? Is what's it, the rate of fall no. of a dead gizzard shad <laughs> in the springtime <laughs> in, in great, France? That's a yeah. great. He might but, know. To, to me, um, like what I what, what always done me, I mean, there's other guys that are going to disagree with me, and that's fine because every fishery is a little different or where you are in sure. the country. Yeah. Um, but for in springtime, colder water, I mm-hmm. want to like two seconds uh, or two inches to a second fall rate. Okay. Like 
real slow. That's well, real slow. Like real slow. So, so you have real a slow. super sink weighted bait and then a slow sink. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's easy to change. You know, I can add weights as I'm making them. I can make them okay. sink fast or whatever. You know, it's just faster ones. The... the faster ones, you're gonna you're gonna be working it more. You know, and that's fine. Like okay. when the water warms up, when the fish are a little more active, and you know, but like for early spring, when like 48 to 52 degrees, that's that's my magic numbers, man. That's where I get really good fish. Wow. Um, so I want slow. I want I want everything to be slow. I want to work it slow. I want to, you know, have a slow sink rate the whole nine yards. Wow. Have a faded out bait like like we do with the crankbait. We take the shine down. Yeah, or yeah like taking the, the old rebels and, you you know, you oh, alcohol yeah. with steel wool and you're getting down to that bone collar. Bone, baby. Yeah. Bone. Oh, That's it. Yeah. For, for, uh, Eric's, for Eric's YouTube following, this is, the, this is the second time tonight he's turned it into a uh, crankbait conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be the last, uh, folks. Bone home. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, BTC. I'll, I'll behave. I'm sorry. No, no, do you, bro. What else you got there? What else you got there, Riz? Yeah, um, we also got a question uh, from Bruce on the message board. He wants to know, Keith, uh, how do you incorporate the weight uh, within the resin on your baits? I actually, um, well, here. And Bruce, funny. you're gonna win a uh, Bashu TV T-shirt for that question. Before I put them all together, um, hope you're a two X, Bruce. The the weights <laughs> are actually laying in the belly horizontally. Um, I already know how much weight, you know, for this bait, I already know where, how much weight and where it goes. Um, and the, like a big key is with the baits, the lower you keep that weight. See, there's here, I'll go back with, with gliders. There's two center lines you work off of. You have a, a lot, you know, a center line from the nose to the tail. And then you got a center line that goes down the, you know, the back or the belly. So everything that you hook, you know, your hook hangers, your line tie, everything's on that center line. When you start getting into weights that are get approaching that center line, you start having an unstable lure. Hmm. It's 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 a keel weight. The lower you can keep it, usually yeah, the more stable. Yeah, it makes sense. Now, like I said earlier, you know, I do have one that I can never sell because somebody will buy it and you know say something it, wrong it's, with yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> but <clears throat> that one, the weights are up higher. To make yeah. it that unstable, gotcha. right? So that's how. Okay, yeah. that's how you're doing it then. Yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, honestly, for me, that's one of the first times I've ever heard that. You know, where you're rolling them as far as yeah. you know, making them give them an appearance, looking up. Oh yeah. You know, it makes total sense to me. Yep. So, yeah. guys, we're gonna hit a commercial really quick right here, and then we're gonna come back. Uh, I'm guessing he probably has Kevin Brightwell in the uh, in the bullpen waiting on us. So stay tuned. Get your questions together for good, Kevin. Good, good work, Greg. I'm sorry to interrupt your, your slide out, but dude, that's the first time somebody called it the bullpen. What do you want me to call it? Uh, that's <laughs> I'm sorry, Rich. It's a bullpen. We're it's a couple a five tool players in here. Yeah, so we got a baseball <laughs> guy here. We ain't called it the bullpen yet. Yeah. Uh, stay stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together, the One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. 
they can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Tackle Warehouse is proud to sponsor the FLW Pro Circuit and is the official tackle retailer of FLW. Providing proven bass fishing gear as well as the newest and hottest tackle. Our friendly and knowledgeable customer service staff can help you every step of the way. And we offer free ground shipping on orders over $50. Tackle Warehouse. Everything for the bass angler at the lowest prices. Guaranteed. I have to be constantly on the lookout for new techniques to stay on the top of my game. Giant. Some have been more giant. successful oh God, than others. Giant. The finesse fingernail. Happens every time. The chain gang. Oh ah, broke it off. The crow's nest. Never let go. And don't even get me started on tackle management, especially trying to stop rust and corrosion. Peanut butter. Hmm, I could. Motor oil. Gotta keep the rust off all these baits. WD-40. keep the rust off. Silica, toothpicks, Q-tips, the list goes on and on. I'm hard on tackle, I fish fast, I need my tackle organized and protected. I can't be worrying about losing baits to rust. And when it comes to tackle management, there's only one solution. Flambo Tackle Storage Systems with Z-Rust Technology. The original anti-rust tackle box. Uncompromised clarity. Renowned durability. The infused anti-rust option that is FDA safe and free of harmful chemicals. The organization options are endless, but there's only one. One box, one anti-corrosion technology, one family-owned American-made brand, Flambo. Z-Rust Tackle Solutions. Preserve, perform, repeat.